Well, hello there. I am James. I'm the pastor of the Freedom Moravian Church, and you have found The Essentials. It's a little podcast I put together for us to spend more time discerning our faith and exploring all things life and sharing good news and hope that we see out there. Today I have for you the scripture passages and our message from Sunday, August 27th. Our first lesson came from the book of Exodus, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Now a man from Levi's household married a Levite woman. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that the baby was healthy and beautiful, so she hid him for three months. When she couldn't hide him any longer, she took a reed basket and sealed it up with black tar. She put the child in the basket and set the basket among the reeds at the riverbank. The baby's older sister stood watch nearby to see what would happen. Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river while her women servants walked along beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and she sent one of her servants to bring it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child. The boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. She said, this must be one of the Hebrews' children. And the baby's sister said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's daughter, would you like me to go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter agreed, yes, do that. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child and nurse it for me, and I'll pay you for your work. So the woman took the child and nursed it. After the child had grown up, she brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her son. She named him Moses, because, she said, I pulled him out of the water. And our gospel lesson came from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. Now when Jesus came to the area of Hesera Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the human one is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. He said, what about you? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Then Jesus replied, Happy are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because no human has shown this to you. Rather, my Father who is in heaven has shown you. I tell you that you are Peter, and I'll build my church on this rock. The gates of the underworld won't be able to stand against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Anything you fasten on earth will be fastened in heaven. Anything you loosen on earth will be loosened in heaven. Then he ordered the disciples not to tell anyone he was the Christ. Here ends the reading of our word. Now with September just around the corner, it's almost time for what I think is the third most sacred season of the year. There's Advent, there's Lent, and then there's the Packers season. And I know some people out there will argue with me on 
Which of those three is the most important? And with the regular season just two weeks away, we will see a few things in the next couple of weeks. Many, many people are going to do more research and study harder than they ever have in order to draft the perfect fantasy football team. I am going to routinely get text messages on Sunday afternoon from my father as he's worried that the upcoming fourth down is going to give him a heart attack and our collective mood on Monday mornings will largely depend on how some total strangers played on a football field. It's kind of wild how our obsession with the Packers takes over our lives each fall here in Wisconsin. It is like clockwork. One thing that has changed, and will certainly make this year more interesting, is the fact that the Packers won't have number 12 lining up for them as their quarterback. With Rodgers off to New York, it's officially Jordan Love's team, and that has gotten all the buzz, all the talk before the season begins. Everyone under the sun is trying to predict how he will play, how good he will be. Some say he's going to be a dud, that he just can't play, and that might be why ESPN gives the Packers a sad 23% chance to make the playoffs. Some people think he's going to be okay, but that he'll definitely need some time to settle in. And then others, us eternal optimists who are all too willing to get our hopes up at the risk of having them crushed, we think he's going to come in and he will immediately be the MVP. There is a lot of talk, a lot of hype centered around this one person. Everyone wants to know who he will become, how well he will do, and everyone has their own idea of how to define him. And at the risk of comparing poor Jordan Love to Jesus, the sort of energy around him, the spotlight trying to determine exactly who he is, well, that's precisely what Jesus is facing in our lesson for this morning. Because he's created some buzz. The crowds are talking about him. So he brings his disciples near to hear their report on what everyone else is saying. And from what the disciples have heard, there are a variety of opinions about Jesus floating around. Some say he's John the Baptist. Some say he's Elijah. Others say he's Jeremiah or another one of the prophets. Whatever their answer is, they think that he is a previous leader who has come back to life. At this point in Matthew's gospel, that's who people think Jesus is, a remembrance of someone who has gone by. Not yet this new figure who's doing something they could never imagine. So the crowds don't quite have it right. They have their hunches, but the jury is still out on exactly who Jesus is to the world. 
And you wonder how our world today answers that very same question. Who do people say Jesus is? What does he mean in 2023? I think the responses would show a mixed bag of results with many that aren't quite right. If you go by the billboards on the highway, Jesus is the judge coming at the end of the age. He's the ticket to heaven through our belief in him. It's almost as if he is this looming presence who's tallying up all of the good and bad things we've done in our lives, and that our biggest appeal to following him is to spare us from hell. Other understandings of Jesus see a belief in him as justification for any actions that follow. That we know a few of his lessons and his teachings, and we proudly say that we're Christians, and we like thinking about how other people view us once they know that we follow Jesus. It's like a badge of honor. And then to say that we're people of faith, to say that we're being led by our faith, is often our attempt to back up whatever we're doing or supporting. We lean on that faith as the beginning, the middle, and the end of any argument. We're Christians. We read the Bible. So who could possibly question our morals, or our motives. And I know sometimes I see Jesus as my personal problem solver. When I'm facing adversity, or when I have a decision to make, then I pull myself really close to Jesus. I pray to him more often. I even make promises of what I'll do in return if things start falling my way. When I'm in need, Jesus is the most important thing in my life. And then when things are going well, I'm not as present with him. I might not even see the gifts that he's giving to me or thank him for them. It's almost like bringing good things is what he's supposed to do. So I notice him the most when I'm not feeling those good things all around me. So now who do we say Jesus is? Because I think those examples have some pieces that are spot on, but they're not exactly right. Like how he is our path to eternal life. But he's not asking us to believe in him just for our personal salvation. Or how being a follower of his is incredibly important, but it doesn't make us immune to people challenging our opinions and our beliefs. And he does want to help us solve our problems, but our relationship with him can't be based on transactions. Who is Jesus really to our lives today? When Peter 
is asked that question, he says Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus immediately praises him. Peter has seen what others have yet to see. He's seen the truth. And then Jesus tells his disciples that they can't tell anyone that he's the Christ. They finally have their answer. He's not John. He's not Elijah or Jeremiah. He is the Son of God. But they have to keep that to themselves. Why on earth wouldn't Jesus want them to share this revelation? To correct those assumptions and those guesses that so far have been off the mark. Well, instead of telling people who he was, Jesus was more interested in showing them. In his ministry of healing, in his life spent bringing the outsiders back into the community, in his calling to change systems of oppression in his world, Jesus lived as the Son of God who brought love to all people. No definition or label could teach the crowds about his divinity. No number of sermons or eloquent lessons would convince the masses that he really brought a new way of life. He had to live it. He could talk about justice and love all he wanted. He could promise hope until the sun went down. But they would come to know him as the Son of God, as the Christ, as something different through what he accomplished with his actions. They would come to believe in him because of what he was willing to do. There are many definitions and versions of Jesus in the world today. And churches try to follow him and promise to bring others closer to him through their ministry. But so often they bring you a piece of Jesus or the parts of his life that require the least from us. So often our Christianity is watered down until it's comfortable and easy to experience. It's hope and it's love. We want that to be easy. That should be easy. But the life of Jesus tells a different story. And when we embrace who Jesus is, when we face everything that he stood for and the lengths he went to in order to bring love into the world, we see that truly following him changes our lives. It changes how we see each other. It changes how we interact with the world. It demands that we bring love to all that we do not just in the ways that are acceptable or expected from us. And when we commit to this calling as Christians each and every day, 
people will start answering that question. Who is Jesus? What does Jesus look like? What does the love of God look like? They'll start answering that question by looking at us. Amen. Well, I thank you for listening to this episode. If you're a returning listener, I'm glad that you are back. If you are trying things out for the first time, we hope to see you again during a future episode. You can learn more about the church that I serve. That's the Freedom Moravian Church. You can check out our website. You can worship with us on YouTube or stay up to date with us on Facebook. And you can learn more about the Moravian Church in general at moravian.org. So take care, be well. I will catch you next time.